What's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder. Sunday, 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 Sunday edition. So for all you uh, dedicated fans, all 12 of you out there uh, listening to the podcast, um, we did not have a Thursday episode, as you know, because we recorded 40 minutes of podcast and none of it came through because of a broken mic. So hopefully this time we will get some uh, better luck. And my co-host for the evening is David, short but not long. How's it going there, David? <laughs> what's up? What's up? So you did you feel like we got enough practice in last time recording 40 minutes of nothing, really? Basically, we got all the practice in we need. This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, so this one, I mean, guaranteed a great episode. And we might add in some uh, new content because uh, tonight is WWE's pay-per-view Extreme Rules. So maybe we'll uh, point out some matches and some predictions and see what we got going on with that. I think a lot of the matches tonight are kind of like fillers for stuff going forward, in, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that once we once we get to that point. Well, considering that SummerSlam is next month, this would definitely be a filler or basically a feud builder going in. Yeah, getting getting ready for SummerSlam. That's a good point. I didn't know that was the next pay-per-view, so I'm glad that you pointed that out. Um, all right, so we're going to start off the episode with what's going down. Um Last time we tried to record it, we talked about the U.S. women's uh, national team, which by now, if you are not aware that they won the World Cup, shame on you. But they did. <laughs> they they beat the Netherlands two to one. Um, it was a it was a good game. Uh, I watched it. Uh, we got one penalty kick from uh, Rapino and then another goal from uh, an up-and-comer girl. I can't remember her name at the moment, but um, they also, the SBs was this week, and so the U.S. women's team uh, won the SB for best team. Uh, so, basically, they, when they accepted the award, they were like, yeah, we literally just flew in and did make up and came straight here to the awards. So, so as soon as they won the, they brought the actual World Cup trophy up on stage with them when they accepted the SB. So, how how you feel about the U.S. women winning and then also them winning best team at the SBs? Oh, congratulations to the women's national team! Another uh, World Cup victory for them. Yeah, second in a row, guys, start stepping up. I mean, talking about the guys, of course, at the ESPYs when they had won, uh, you know, they made their statement again for equal rights and equal pay. Um, do you think this is kind of the starter for future change in the sense of them being able to get equal pay and um, to... I think they want to be focused... They want people to focus on them more than just the Olympics and just the World Cup. But I find it hard to do that because, I mean, even the WNBA struggles, you know, the NBA is obviously the more dominant sport. So um, do you feel that this is going to kind of be a good platform going forward for them to get the changes they want? I would say maybe. It's a big maybe on that. I mean, I am all for, you know, the equal pay and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when it comes – when it basically comes down to it, you know, the, you know, in the case of the women's national team, I would say, yeah, because they're outperforming the guys left and right. And if anything, pay them a little bit more. Maybe they'll give the guys a little bit of incentive. Hey, we need to step it up. We're letting these women kick our ass. I mean, but you also got to look at, you know, with, in the case of like the WNBA, you know, they don't have a real big attendance base. They don't have a real big fan base as opposed to the NBA. You know, and the WNBA has been around for a long time, you know, basically since you and I were in high school, you know, toward the end of our. Yeah, but I mean, can you can you even name like the team that won last year, the title for WNBA? No. 
because I don't, I, I haven't followed it since uh, the San Antonio Superstars or the Silver Stars, excuse me, when they left for I think it was like Las Vegas. You know, I I had quit following the WNBA after that just for that sole fact. I only followed the WNBA because there was a San Antonio team, you know, and it gave me another team to root for when the Spurs were being, when the Spurs were, you know, being idiots and not winning games. There you go. That's true. And uh, we also have uh, Melanie the Felony in the building. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, with the uh, women trying to get the uh, the equal pay and wanting to get paid like the guys do and their soccer matches, do you think that uh, them refusing to go to the White House, well, some of them, not all of them, like Rapino, do you think that's hurting them or helping them with them trying to get this ball rolling for equal pay and everything? Um, I don't think it's helping them. I don't think it, I don't think it shows them as like team players or, you know, reflects them in a good light. Um, I get that they have problems and issues and they can voice them in a different area, different time. Um, they need to be a better face for the game, I think, if they want better pay. And so you don't think that this is going to help them going forward, basically, for the equal equal pay of the guys? No, I don't think so. But that's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, you are Melanie the Felony, so that is just you. You are, you are correct about that. So... <laughs> We get to we get to you know chime in and get your opinion here since we have you present at this time. Normally we don't get this luxury, so we got to take advantage of that. Um, so all right, anything else really to cover? I don't think with the the women's uh, national team, right? Mm, no, but once again, you know, congratulations and uh, you know, keep training. We'll see you guys in four years. Well, hopefully the Olympics here soon. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you got the Olympics next year, so you know they'll be. Chasing the gold. Yep, going uh, representing the U.S. again. Um, all right, so uh, the next thing that we'll move on to, which we had a uh, great and big discussion with, which was uh, NBA free agency and all the moves and everything that's been going down with that. Um, we'll get uh, Melanie the Felony's uh, opinion on that because uh, Kawhi Leonard is her favorite, so we'll get her opinion on him uh Going to the going to the Clippers with uh, Paul George, um, so that's the big news right now. Is the Kawhi watch finally ended? Um, a lot of people thought he was going to go to the Lakers with him talking with the Lakers, and then uh, they he called up Paul George and said, "Hey, do you want to come with me to the Clippers?" Um, and Paul George demands a trade out of OKC after just signing that big contract, that big deal, and is now uh, with the Clippers with Kawhi. Um, so what we'll do right now is uh, we have RJ Black, who is a fan who listens to the podcast. He did a, um, a voice message for us to be able to play on the podcast. So we're excited that we get to be able to play his audio. So, uh, let's give a big hand for RJ and doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Opa. Okay. Uh, it would have been a better clap if it was me. It wasn't. It wasn't me clapping. We can blame David for the piss poor clap. Because <laughs> uh, we. Up, I'm trying to, trying to look up NBA news here. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, but we we do appreciate uh, RJ. Uh, he's going to talk about which LA team kind of has the the edge and. Uh, who's doing well in that. And then as well, uh, since he's from Utah, he's going to talk a little bit about the Jazz. Uh, so we will be back in a flash right after his comments, and we'll discuss what he had to say. Hey, Matt, thanks uh, Thanks for letting me tune in and uh, share my thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think the Lakers should be fine. Um, you know, yeah, it sucks to lose out on the Kawhi sweepstakes, but I like what they brought in to pair up with uh, the big three that they have with it with uh, LBJ, AD, and Kuz. Um, I like Danny Green. It's a great signing. I like that they brought in Boogie Cousins. Um, a lot of uh, re-signing of Rondo and KCP and McGee. 
the signing of Quinn Cook and Jared Dudley and Troy Daniels. I think those would be great, solid additions for them. There's chemistry already built between Rondo, AD, and and uh, Boogie Cousins, as well as McGee and Quinn Cook. They won a championship at Golden State together. So um, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting to see uh, which team in L.A. Uh, does well. I think the Clippers will be great as well. Uh, but overall, I, I'm hoping the Lakers can uh, uh, remind teams that they are the team that, that runs the West and they're the team that runs the Staples Center. One thing, too, uh, talking about, I wanted to ch- uh, chime in and tell you about the Jazz. Um, I think the Jazz are, are really going to be uh, one of the underrated teams to go along with um, New Orleans and um, some of those other teams, even like a Dallas um, that you know has got Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. But I think the Jazz will be an underrated team that will do well. Um, OKC now without Paul George, um, that'll open the Northwest up for them to dominate. I like what they did. Uh, you lose favors, you lose Com, or excuse me, you lose Rubio, but um, you replace those guys with um, Ed Davis, Jeff Green, and uh, Mike Conley. So the Jazz are looking to be a, a team that's going to compete and is going to want to win, and and I think they've got the the talent and the skills, and I believe they'll they'll work together real well and play defense, and I I, I could be seeing them uh, very likely in the playoffs uh, going far. All right, we appreciate RJ and those comments, and uh, we're going to talk now a little bit about that. Um, So to start off, I think the thing that he pointed out, which was a really good point that I didn't think about before, is uh, recently they did sign Boogie Cousins as well from the Warriors, the Lakers, that is. The Lakers did that. So the Lakers now have Boogie Cousins, Rondo, Anthony Davis, all three players who played on the Pelicans together when they made that playoff run. Um, so do you think this gives the Lakers like an edge in having that chemistry kind of already built up and being able to, to gel already before, you know, you know, cause uh, obviously Kawhi and Paul George haven't played together or any of the other people in the Clippers haven't played with either of them. So, I mean, does this give the Lakers kind of a, uh, a leg up in, in that sense? It might possibly give them that slight it might give them a slight leg up beings that they haven't played against each other but i mean played with each other but they've played against each other so they know you know what their weaknesses are what their strengths are now that they're together as a team they can meld on that a little bit and you know try to get back to the way that they were back in the early 2000s you know basically the dominant team in the west you know that whole, I mean, how many, they went, what, six, they almost, what, no, three-peat. It was a three-peat. Um, early 2000s, I do believe. But um, still, it's, the this is something that the Lakers have really needed. I know this is completely different from what I said on Thursday, but after thinking about it a little bit and everything else, the Lakers might actually have a shot. But unfortunately, um I still don't see the Lakers doing much. Might make the playoffs, but got to get by Golden State first. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know about getting by Golden State. I mean, I think with the top right now, you can put both Laker teams at the top of the West almost um, when it comes to who's going to take the West. the Because the Clippers now, I mean, they were good on defense before, but now you have Kawhi, who is the best two-way player in the NBA. And Paul George on top of that, who's gonna who was third in votes for MVP last season, you know, you add those two to the Clippers, I think they have a, a good shot of you know being able to to do well in the playoffs. Now, I mean, obviously, the old saying goes or whatnot that you know you have to to be able to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so, like you said, they got to be able to beat the Warriors because the past six years they've been the West and they've been dominating. Six straight years to the finals is not a easy thing. So, um, so yeah, so when it, when it comes, when it comes to that, I mean, I, I can't really give, both LA teams seem pretty even almost like I can't give one edge to one or another, but when it, when it comes to now 
who has who has more to prove? Do you think LeBron just because he has a shorter amount of time to be able to do it, or Kawhi when it comes to winning a title to be the first player to win a title for three different teams, basically? Like who who has more pressure on them to to produce at least either this coming year or the next year, second year? I would honestly have to say it's LeBron. You know, you're not getting any younger, man. It's time. You know, you're not the only guy trying to chase a third ring with a third team. You know, because you won one with Miami. You won one with Cleveland. You have yet to win one with L.A. This is the time. And you need, and the time is now. Kawhi, he's got plenty of left in his tank. He's probably got a good six, seven years left, if not more depending on how <clears throat> how conditioned he keeps his body and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely LeBron. You know, he's got to make that push because you're not getting any younger. The older you get, you know, the more you're, the more you're susceptible to injuries. And, you know, it's time. Fair enough. I think I have to agree with you that LeBron has the most pressure right now just because, again, of age and not having much time left. And I think that's kind of why he pushed the Anthony Davis trade so hard and was like, let's do this now. I need to win now. I can't have I can't play with these young guys and wait for them if they're going to be good or not. I know Anthony Davis is great now. So let's go ahead and just win now and, and get it over with and do what I have to do. Um, I know there were some talks of LeBron maybe wanting to play with his son at some point in the NBA before he retired, but I don't know, you know, how long that's going to be until his son makes it or if his son even makes it, you know, depending how, how well he's going to be. Just because he's a LeBron James' son doesn't mean he's going to be amazing. So, I mean, we'll have to see when it comes to that. Um, Let's go over to the felony over here and get get her get her opinion. So, uh, who who do you like better now? Do you like the the Clippers or the Lakers? Which which team do you think is better and came up on top after everything that went down? Um. Well, I like the Lakers better, but I think the Clippers probably have a better edge now. But that's just because I think. <laughs> I think Kawhi's younger and he did really good last time. So I just think that's probably why they'll do better. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, I mean, uh, she does have a point because, uh, I mean, Kawhi took a team to a title on his own with no help whatsoever. So you would think it would be kind of, easy peasy lemon squeezy now that you know he's got paul george and some actual help you know around him um i know we had some people comment on facebook about it uh we need to do some shout outs to them and what they had to say and we could talk about that a little bit um while i'm looking that up though um uh, rj did talk about the jazz as well uh saying that they're kind of a sleeper team in the west um, with the trades that they got, like Mike Conley and some other guys that they picked up. Um, how do you feel about the Jazz? Are they kind of, do you think they're a sleeper team as well? Or um, how, how do you feel about what he had to say when it came to that? I would definitely pick the Jazz as, as a sleeper team. You know, finishing fifth last year in uh, the Western Conference. Um, and playing as uh, well as they did to get into the playoffs, they could definitely be a sleeper team based on their new acquisitions and everything else. The only thing I could say is, uh, you know, time will tell. Only time will tell before, uh, you know, things start getting a little, you know, before, before the season starts, you know, we'll find out if they will be the true sleeper team. Because, you know, we can just review that from, like, preseason and stuff like that. I mean, you can see what kind of a bench that they're going to have. Because a lot of the starters more than likely won't play. It's just like the NFL. They won't play the starters as much, if at all. And, you know, that'll basically let you see what kind of a bench they're going to have. Because you look at the past, you have a good bench, and you got a pretty good chance of winning. Yep, uh, that is true. I think um, 
they're definitely a sleeper team, but I think if they were in like the East, they would have such a easier time. <laughs> I feel like just cause like right now the West is just stacked. You have the um, Warriors who, if they get, um, if they get their guy back, uh, Clay Thompson, if they get him back, you know, in time for the playoffs, they could make a run. Uh, Denver has the same team as they did last year. They didn't lose anybody. So they're, they're still good, and the Blazers uh, got um, uh, Whiteside, so I mean they got him as an upgrade. Um, you know the uh, and the Rockets finally got help. The Rockets, you know. So I mean, I, I there's so there's so many different different things, you know, um, for the West that you could any team could take it, and I think that's the best thing you could ever do for the NBA, like. Adam Silver hit the jackpot with the free agency this offseason because there's finally parity in the NBA. Everyone is saying that they're excited because they don't know who's going to win finally. You know, it could be it could be anyone. Um, so some comments on Facebook, like I was saying. So shout out to Matt Klein. He's always commenting on here. We always appreciate that. He said, just like the Raptors, they will be a defensive team. Uh, who else follows them? Uh PG 13 there. So basically he's saying that the Clippers are trying to copy the Raptors and building a team like the exact type of team, a defensive team. Um, Joey uh, for Tonto said uh, they are Toronto West, but instead of Danny green, who's a good uh, three and D guy, they upgraded to PG 13. So Paul George. So, both Joey and Matt saying they're just like the Raptors. <laughs> so they just recreated uh, that all over again. Um, and then our very own uh, felony commented and uh, she was saying that uh, what are the Raptors going to do now without Kawhi? So what, what do you think about some, some of the comments there that you want to pick, pick some of those out and make some, make some comments about it? Definitely going to have to agree that the Clippers are basically Toronto West. Um, you know, trying to set up, you know, trying to set up a good defense in, you know, with the Clippers now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, with Kawhi being there and everything else, a good defensive team will get you far in this league. And, you know, if if it works, I mean, then – you know, the Clippers could have a very standing shot at uh, making a deep run into the playoffs, if not reaching the reaching the title game. As for Miss Felony's comment about what Toronto is going to do, yeah, they're without Kawhi. They just lost their best player. I don't see Toronto reaching the finals next year, but they could very well make the playoffs but they'll probably get dumped in the second round. All right. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens there. Um, so, wow. So I didn't, I didn't know this is happening. I guess this is what you were talking about when it came to um, the Rockets getting help. Um, so it looks like, uh, the Rockets made a trade with OKC to be able to get Russell Westbrook, and they gave up Chris Paul and two first-round picks uh, to OKC to be able to get Russell Westbrook. So James Harden finally <laughs> gets help. Um, well, I, they they played together in OKC when they went to the NBA Finals. It was Westbrook, Harden, and KD. On the Oklahoma City team, Houston is the new and, OKC. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, just no Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, there's no no Kevin Durant. So I've I don't feel like this is really that big of an upgrade because Harden left OKC, you know, mainly because of money reasons, but also because Westbrook, you know, wanted the ball all the time. He wanted to be the triple double king. So I mean. You know, I wonder how Harden actually feels about this. Like, how if he thinks this is going to give them the edge they need, or if it's going to be the same old, same old. You know, just you know, uh, younger Chris Paul. I mean, 
So, I mean, do you, how, how do you feel this, you know, helps? Does this help them really? Or is this like a, a, a negative thing when it comes to like Houston or kind of just the same? Like, you know, which is it positive, negative, or is it just the same? There are pros and cons to this trade. The pros, basically, Harden gets help. You know, he doesn't have to score 300 points a game just to, you know, finish fourth in the damn Western Conference. And they get, where do they get bounced? In the second round, third round? Second round of the Warriors. Yeah, second round of the Warriors. Okay. Now that they have Westbrook, who is a, yes, he was the, he basically was a triple-double king last year. You know, triple-doubles are really hard to get unless you're Russell Westbrook. He's averaged it three straight years. Averaged it for three straight years. First player to ever do that. But still, you got, you've got Westbrook to give Harden a little bit of help. Yeah, sure, Westbrook wants the points and everything else too. But here's the thing. Westbrook is an assist guy with the tri- with those triple doubles, because usually your triple doubles are points, rebounds, and assists. Very rarely do you see them with blocks or uh, steals. So you got an assist guy to help Harden instead of Harden trying to do everything himself. I feel sorry for James Harden, but also at the same time, you know, things happen. So. But the cons to that is, what if Russell Westbrook wants the ball too damn much? That and then you got James Harden over here wanting the same thing. He wants James Harden probably wants to duplicate what he did last year. You know, nobody could hold a candle to him points per game. He was averaging like thirty, almost thirty-five points a game. If I saw his stats, season stats correctly, the closest person to him didn't even hit thirty points a game. I think it was like twenty-eight. So, Harden wants to do that. Westbrook wants to do that. Could cause some tension, but they can get rid of that con if they can meld together, feed the ball to Harden. Even Harden can Harden can throw a little bit of an assist in there too, but feed it to each other and get the rest of the team involved. Lead the team. Houston might go somewhere. Say so, yeah, I. That's true. I like what you said there. But I still, in my opinion, I don't think it gives them an edge, though, to still go farther. Like, I still feel like there's other teams in the West that are still better than them, even with them adding, you know, Russell Westbrook. So it's just like, you know, I feel like Houston is kind of just in the middle still. Like, they're they're still just as good as, like, I could see them still finishing, like, fourth, like, in the West, like, fourth or fifth again, you know, when it comes to that. You know, because Denver is going to be up there again. Warriors are going to be up there again. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting. And poor Chris Paul got freaking now he's in OKC. You know, he's going to be the face, obviously, there. But, you know, that team's not going to go anywhere. I I don't even see them making the playoffs because they lost Paul George and Russell Westbrook. So I don't see them. So that could be one team out and then another team jumps in their place, like maybe the Lakers, you know, since the Lakers didn't make it last year. So, but one thing I want to talk about before we move on that I thought was good when we recorded all of this the first time, I thought it was a good topic to talk about. Um, And you can disagree if you want to. I mean, you're a co-host. It doesn't mean I'll listen, but you can disagree. Um, That uh, when when it comes to the NBA and players now demanding trades all the time and saying that they're going to sit out unless they get a trade, you know, is this good or bad for the NBA when it comes to like lower market teams like Charlotte, like the Hornets, they, they never get anyone, you know, Toronto. Now they, they had Kawhi only because a trade, you know, and as soon as he won a title with them, he left. He wants to be in LA, you know, um, OKC, you know, now losing their people. Um, uh, all, all these areas where it's like, People want to go for the area, you know, like L.A., because L.A.'s uh, a hot place, you know, or Miami or, you know, wherever it may be. So 
is is this kind of hurting the NBA in the sense of 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 parity and demanding to be traded like Anthony Davis did and kind of was like, I don't want to be in new Orleans anymore. That's another one. That's like a, a, a lower city that no one wants to be in. So um, kind of, you know, what, what's your thoughts on how that, you know, if you think it's hurting the NBA or, or not when it comes to that. It's definitely going to hurt the NBA a lot. You know, players demanding that this is what they want. You know, this is, you know, I want to be here. You know, I don't want to play in this small city and everything else. Or I don't want to go play for the Knicks because they're irrelevant. You know, yeah, the Knicks are in New York and everything else. New York, New York, big market. Will always be a big market because it's a big city. No. It's going to it's gonna hurt because they all want to go to these big bigger markets instead of playing for these smaller markets it doesn't matter where you play you go somewhere you play to the best of your ability it does not matter where you want to go that's and i'm a firm believer that there should be no such thing as a no trade clause all right because these no-trade clauses, they're going to hurt every league you think of, whether it's the NFL, Major League Baseball, even hockey. The, the, no, the no-trade clauses are, gonna, are going to hurt. In every trade clause, it should not matter where you go. You know, for instance, the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's just the, maybe it is the market. I don't know. But you got to look at it this way. You know, one day, may not be in our lifetime, but one day the Charlotte Hornets will once again be relevant like they were back in the old days. You know, Orlando, not that big of a market. They haven't been relevant since Shaq was there, or Tracy McGrady for that matter. But since. Dwight Howard when he took him to the finals. Okay, and there's Dwight Howard right there too. So there you go. You've got, you know, there are, NBA is full of small markets, so that's the thing. Full of small markets. OKC, Orlando. Um, New Orleans. New Orleans. Really can't say Toronto because Toronto's pretty – Toronto's like the biggest city in Canada. Yeah. So they that's major market in Canada. May not be big to us, but, you know – Big to them. Memphis. Not that big of a city. Not that big of a market. And then, you know, Sacramento. Kind of a mid-market team. You know, being in California. So, you know, you can have people down in L.A. still rooting for the Kings. I mean, because nobody wants to be a Lakers fan. Maybe nobody wants to be a Clippers fan. So who do you got left? Golden State and Sacramento. But, um... That's just it. You know, give these smaller markets a chance. I mean, hell, if I had ball skills, and I don't, I will reveal this right now. I'm like two for 500 from three-point land. Just give these small markets a chance. If you if you think the team is good, go to that team, pick them up, prove that these smaller markets can turn out to be big teams. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I don't know if there's really a way to fix it either, just because the NBA at first tried to fix it by doing Adam Silver was like, all right, I'm going to do the Max Steele thing where the team can offer you the, you know, four or five years, 180 million, 190 million to try to convince players to stay. But see, now players are taking less money to go elsewhere. Like Kawhi could have stayed in Toronto and made 190 million. He went to the Clippers and now he's only making like, I think 130, 140, maybe even less on a smaller deal. It's like a three year deal. So that way they could afford to bring Paul George as well. But the way that Adam Silver thought it would get fixed didn't help because now, you know, the players are doing this because, you know, they're wanting more control and they're wanting to be able to decide where they want to play. I mean, heck, Zion was the number one overall pick and he almost refused to go to 
the New, or- New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, you know, when is it going to get to that point where players are going to start even at the draft saying, oh, well, I don't want to go to that team. It's like, well, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you should be lucky that you got drafted when it comes to that. It's happened once already. Go back to 2000 and I think it was 2004, I think. The, in- the NFL draft. Of 2004? Yeah, the one with Eli? or Eli. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, and... I don't want to go play for the Chargers. Yeah, I don't want to play for the Chargers. I, I bet that. You Eli would have, <laughs> I bet you Eli would have flourished in San Diego. Uh, he could have, yeah. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, players now, like I said before, are, like, sitting out for almost a whole year. Um NFL is trying to copy that, you know, we, the Le'Veon Bell uh, situation that we tried talking about before on the podcast, um, where he sat out a whole year cause he didn't want, he wasn't getting paid the money he wanted to get paid in Pittsburgh cause he didn't want to sign his franchise tag. Now he's with the jets and did he get paid a whole heck of a lot more? No. So did it really help him? I, I can't say. And, you know, he's on a new team. Are they going to do well? Is he going to do well after taking a whole year off of football? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not sure when it comes to that. And we won't know until this season, you know, and, and we watch. Um, so, felony over here, since you've just been relaxing, you know, you got to put your time in, too. You got yeah. to put your work in. So, how do you feel about uh, players now uh, doing – what we were talking about with, uh, you know, demanding to be traded or they'll sit or, you know, these low market teams not getting like the high, high level names and quality players like the major cities are like LA and um, uh, New York and stuff like that. Asking me the hard questions. Um, gotcha. <laughs> um I don't know. I I guess I think that if they get traded to that team, as much as they don't want to play, that's the team that they're on. They should play. I know it sucks, but it's not their job to play, even if it's not a team that they don't want to play on. Yeah, it's their it's their job, but then they're basically like Anthony Davis was with the Pelicans, and then mid season, not even after the season was over, he was demanding to be traded to another team. And he basically sat like the rest of the season without playing the Pelicans. So it's not that they're getting mad that they're getting traded to a different team. It's the fact that they are saying they want to be traded and they want to go to like a different team. Well, I get that they want to go to another team, but that's the team that they're on. So they need to do their job and be supportive and play for the team that they're on until they get that other opportunity. because. I mean, sometimes life just sucks and you have to do what you have to do, but. I love it. Life just sucks. Deal with it. Yeah, players. You heard it first from Melanie the Felony. Life sucks, so deal with it. I, like, <laughs> I love I like, it. I like, I, like, I like how she kept that PG. <laughs> I'm going to make this PG-13. Life's a bitch and then you die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You don't always get what you want, all right? Exactly. Gosh, because some people want to be the host, and they can't, and they're just the co-host. Aw. Hey, hey, just remember when you started recording this last time. <laughs> That's true. I almost made the mistake of calling myself the co-host. Yes. But, but I fixed it very quickly <laughs> before, you know, I realized what had happened, so... You know, that's okay when it comes to that. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> I could have been the host for one day. <laughs> could have been the host. It was so close, but so far. My dream, my dream was crushed in an instant. <laughs> Poor thing. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll take a break uh, right now because our time's getting a little bit closer. Um, so shout out to Jay and his podcast, Free Hugs and High Fives. Um, he's still doing episodes. Uh, he's still having fun with it. He gives us shout outs. He always tells people he doesn't, is he he still doing it? Yeah, he's still doing it. And he, he, uh, he, uh, gives us shout outs by basically saying that he doesn't know anything about sports, but he knows that we do. So so you should listen to our podcast. Good job, Jay. We love you, man. (laughs) So, so, uh, go check it out on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all the major areas. Um, free hugs and high fives give his uh, podcast a listen uh when we come back we'll kind of cover real quick the 
All Star Break, and then uh, I think we'll do Extreme Rules and uh, that's, I got a, maybe a call, tid, maybe a couple NFL tidbits to go over. Okay, maybe some uh, some NFL stuff too. So uh, we will be back in a flash. All right, we're back better than ever, ready to rumble in the jungle for our second part of our podcast and our segment. Uh, we the first part we had talked about the uh, U.S. women's team winning their second in a row World Cup. We talked about NBA free agency. Um, we're going to talk uh, now just a little bit about baseball because the All Star Game recently happened. Um, and as far as I'm aware, the uh, American League won again, and it was they they've won like I don't know how many years in a row. Um, the American League is always dominated, and I'm pretty sure the American League is dominated in the World Series as well uh, when it comes to that. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, and the American League won 4-3, to three, so American League takes it again uh, for another, another year. Um, so with the after the All-Star break now is when teams are trying to establish their leads if they are in first place or uh you know bring some people in to be able to uh help you know even further oh my goodness the dodgers are at 61 wins right now and the next closest team behind them is the rockies at 46 wins like holy heck they have a lead The Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, but it still has them under because they're they're both forty seven, forty seven, and forty six and forty six. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> mine's a little bit different. So, man, that's 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 nuts. Um, all the other ones are kind of you know pretty close. You know, the second place teams at least have a shot in most of the other. Uh, divisions surprisingly the red sox the world series champs in third place in the east they're at 50 wins they're nine games behind the yankees and five games behind uh tampa bay so that's that's kind of that's kind of surprising when it comes to that so i mean are you sure your app's updated yes golly ned <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're talking about right there. Boston, 50 wins, 42 losses. Tampa, 55 uh wins, 40 losses. Yeah, but they're only they're only two and a, they're only three and a half games back. You're saying they were five games back. Look at the game back when you do that. <laughs> yeah, right there. Look, nine and a half back, six back. You said <laughs> yeah, but you said Boston was five games back, and I was like, ah. From Tampa. Yeah, in the terms of wins. Yes. But in terms of games back, they're only three and a half back. They're not. They're, they're not hating too bad. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, when it comes to wins, though, that's what I was talking about. But yes, you are correct when it comes to games back. If I do uh, verbalize that properly, yes, they are only three games back. So, well, three and a half. Sorry. Um, they're second in the. They're second in the in the American League. And runs scored, but unfortunately, that the runs against them that means their pitching's kind of failing them a little bit, which is what helped them in the World Series was their pitching. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they I forgot about that trade that happened yesterday. Um, they uh, they uh. Baltimore offloaded Andrew Kashner, who was our best pitcher this year by far. They offloaded him to the Red Sox so for a bunch of minor league prospects. So good job, Baltimore. You're screwing up again. Jeez, oh, Louise. But also, beings where we're at right now, there are 17 days left until the trade deadline's over with. So... You know, here in the next week and a half is when the trade stuff is really going to start blowing up. You're going to see a, probably a bunch of big name guys getting moved around, and um, 
basically, uh, you know, teams trying to make a push for the playoffs and teams just trying to rebuild. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, of course, before the um, All-Star game, they have the home run derby. And the rookie from the Mets, Pete uh, Alonzo, who's been taking the league kind of by storm right now, uh, won the home run derby as a rookie, which seems like a lot of rookies have been winning the home run derby because didn't Judge Aaron Judge win it his rookie year as well? So, I mean, the, the rookies coming in hitting hard at the – uh, at the home run derbies. So that's, uh, that's good for him. I'm happy for him. I mean, unfortunately he's on the Mets who I don't think are going to go that far or do that. Well, um, no. let me see where they're even at in the standings, right? There. Yeah. They're like second to last in the East. <laughs> so they're poor guys. not going to do that well, but he's kind of been taking the, the league by, by storm right now. The, Met, the Mets will become relevant once, uh, Tim Tebow makes the, uh, 40 man roster and, finally gets his chance to play in the majors <laughs> yes tim tebow i want to see it make it happen <laughs> I, I want I this actually want to, i actually want to see if he'll actually do it because we haven't really heard too much about tebow you know since he started i don't know if he's uh triple a right now or if he's still uh double a it's it's uh hard to say i haven't been keeping up with the minors here uh lately but uh i guess uh Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, this will this will be uh, interesting for that. So, any, anything else though uh, going on in baseball before we you know move on to a little bit of football? Since you wanted to, uh, sounded like you had some some topics that you wanted to talk about in football. Uh, maybe some news or something, I guess. Or we got some more stuff in baseball. Uh, let's see here. Um. Well, first things first, this was a, reported about three hours ago. The Rays almost had their f- head were three outs short of the first ever combined perfect game. Oh, man. Hanser Alberto, who was Baltimore's third baseman, broke that up with the first pitch of an, on his at-bat. So, at least Baltimore's doing something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Homer Bailey got traded to the Athletics. Um, home run leader in the AL, Mike Trout, having some issues. And that's just about it. There hasn't been really no uh, trades to speak of or or anything else. And, of course, all eyes are going to be on Christian Yelich right now, who is, leading the Amer- who is leading the majors with 32 home runs. And this is just – we're just about a week after the All-Star break. So he's got a chance to put up some real big ding, put up some real big numbers. So um, all in all, you know, baseball has still been kind of quiet. You know, all eyes basically on the Dodgers right now, and you know, with their big lead. And oh, I'm looking at this and looking at the standings here, and it looks like all te- all divisions except for the NL Central have leads of six games or more. So at least we now know who's going to be going into the playoffs there. But the Cubs and the Brewers and the, well, here, the NL Central, anything can happen in that one because the Reds are only six and a half back. And they're in last place in that division. So anything can happen in that division. So it could be the Brewers, could be the Cubs, could be the Cardinals. You don't know. I do know because I told you that the Cubs were going to the World Series, remember? I called it at the beginning of the season. Bullshit. And you're going to be eating your words kind of like you did with the uh, NFL draft. Yeah, that was kind of weird how that happened. Yeah, yeah, weird. <laughs> I know because you're scared. You're scared. <laughs> you were worried you were going to lose again. <laughs> then you would owe me two B-dubs. Yeah, that's right. But it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so moving on to, uh, NFL, um, some stuff going on, uh, and we're not talking about the Rams either. That's good. (laughs) Nope. We are talking about the chargers, Melvin Gordon. He wants a payday or he wants to be traded. Here's the thing. If I was the, the governor, of the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> God, I hate using that word. 
But if I, it, I'm sorry, but if I was the owner of the Chargers, I'd done traded him away already. I'd be like, look here, you do not demand a payday. Melvin Gordon, he's a good running back, but I don't think he deserves that big of a payday yet. That's it. That's hard to say. So, you know, just go on with yourself, Melvin. Just perform, and you might get that payday. You just don't know. Deals have been signed in the middle of the season. It's not that hard. So, just go on with yourself. Um, got some Ezekiel Elliott news. It looks like the security guard is asking police to charge Ezekiel Elliott over the Vegas incident that happened a while back. Look... He wasn't charged to begin with. Now you want to get him charged? Guess what? I I see a little bit of a I see a little bit of a a problem here. That guy is obviously he must be a cowboy hater and probably just wants to see him suspended because it's happened already. So, uh, uh word out to the security guard. Get over yourself. If he wasn't charged before, why are you asking him to charge him now? Police are not doing police. The police are probably scratching their heads at this right now. So, no, no, no. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Um, do, 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 um, I'm guessing that was it, except for the fact, uh, the Players Association is shooting down the possibility of an 18 game schedule. Um, Goodell. Brought, I think Goodell and the owners brought this up with an 18-game schedule with players only able to play 16. So that means that there's going to be a lot of, you know, a couple of your big-name starters are going to get replaced with, like, a backup of some sort. So say they were running an 18-game season and Jared Goff plays his 16 like, say he plays the first 16 games, that means the next two will be played by a backup, whoever that backup may be. I don't know who y'all's quarterbacks are. But... We just got Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Yeah, y'all gonna lose both those games. <laughs> but the only reason I'm saying no to the 18... I would say no to the 18-game schedule is because then you would have to screw up the schedule again. The way that they got the schedule is perfect. You play four teams out of your out of your conference. You play four teams out of your division. And then you play your division guys. So there's six. There's fourteen. The other two teams are played based on where you based on where you finished. So for the Rams, for instance, they finished first in their division. Therefore, they would play all the other first place teams that were there. Hence the reason why you guys are playing Dallas. One of the big reasons why y'all are going to be playing Chicago this year. And then y'all will be playing... Who finished first in the South last year? It wasn't Atlanta. New Orleans. Y'all play New Orleans. Y'all y'all, y'all have your early season tilt re- revenge match. Hopefully it's not... Re- It'll be revenge. It'll be revenge <laughs> for the Saints. So I'm saying no to the 18-game schedule. And hopefully everybody else sees that too. See, even Twitter does not approve of it. Just looking through all this, <laughs> and the and it was the owners. It was not Goodell. So I'm sorry about it was that. The governors. It was the governors. <laughs> Dumbasses. And uh, the last thing I'm going to report on this because it seems like everything is pretty well and done. Uh, I'm going to say we'll wait until the full ratings are released for Madden, and then we'll talk a little bit about those <laughs> on the next one because they've announced the four guys that are their 99s, and one of them is your guy, Big Aaron Donald. I like his stats, too. I looked up his stats. He is a solid player. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about uh, before I hand everything back to you, uh, Ronaldo McClain, uh, former Dallas middle linebacker, is eyeing a return to the league. Sad part is Dallas owns his rights. So Dallas is going to have to like bring him back and then like, I guess bring him back and then cut him because they still own the rights to him. 
sadly. I don't know why, but it's so sad. But uh, I don't like that idea. You've been out of the league for three years. You're you're not in football shape, no matter what you say. So uh, that looks just to be about everything here. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that's true what you were saying about being out for three years. I mean, you know, we're questioning Le'Veon Bell, who's been out a year, and we don't know how well he's going to do, let alone three years. So, um, like you said, it's hard to stay in the football shape when you're not practicing and going to games and doing all that stuff. Um, so, the uh, the pay-per-view is about to start. We're watching the, the beginning of Extreme Rules for the WWE. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the matches, maybe some of the predictions, and then we will, uh, we'll be done. We'll be wrapping things up with the two minute drill. Oh, there you go. Two title matches actually, but nobody cares about 205 live. Um, uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is your new intercontinental champion. That was on the kickoff show. Yeah. And Finn Balor and he uh, defeated Finn Balor. And I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, Tony Nice, who was the challenger to Drew Gulak's uh, cruiserweight championship, he didn't make it. I like Tony Nice too. I mean, I no, I just said it. Nobody cares about two hundred five live. I have watched Tony Nice, and he's been actually pretty good. So, oh well, yeah. There you go. Um, well, uh, some of the matches that uh, will be on tonight uh, looks like they might be starting off with the. Um, Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. No um, holds barred. No holds barred tag match. I was kind of uh, hope hoping um, we could get some uh, feedback from uh, the felony, but she's kind of busy right now because she she hates uh, Shane McMahon so much. So it would have been awesome to kind of get her uh, opinion. Best, but he's the best in the world. I know that's what irritates her. <laughs> so, she thinks she she thinks he's the worst just because he never fights. He gets other people to do his fighting. So this would make the perfect time for CM Punk to come back and challenge him for the best in the world stuff. Gosh, if only I kind of I miss CM Punk and he's a terrible UFC fighter. He's gotten the crap beat out of him I've in all heard, of his fights. I've heard that uh, he's going to be making an appearance at a, at one of the AEWs, maybe. So, there goes the real perfect chance for him to come back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but for this match, um, it, if they want to keep the momentum with Shane, he just keeps, they keep, he keeps winning. He just keeps winning all of his matches. So, I don't know. They could have it go that way, or... Roman keeps winning his, obviously, since he came back from the leukemia. So, you know, it, it's kind of a toss-up for this one. It's kind of hard to say which way it would go. Um, go if I had to pick, I'm going to say Roman and Undertaker, though. I'm going to go with the Graveyard Dogs. That's their that's their name. Uh, for, the, for this. They have it on a T-shirt. WWE, WWE released a T-shirt with both Roman and the Undertaker on it, and they're calling them the Graveyard Dogs. That's kind of clever. That's cool. I like that. Um, so the next matchup, uh, well, it's not the next one, but just bringing up a list here. Um, there's the Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a Extreme Rules match uh, where winner takes all. So if Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans wins, then they get... There's another stipulation. It's not just, it's not just that. It's a last chance well yeah so if the uh, yeah if baron and lacy lose then that's it they don't get another shot at the titles uh, as, long as, as long as seth and becky have them so um this one no brainer no, like i said some of these matches are kind of filler matches that's a filler match i mean seth, seth and becky will seth win this easy the man and the man <laughs> and that's that's my boy seth rollins he's my boy that's that's I my love, guy. I love, I love Seth Rollins. I mean, good heel, good face. Right now he's putting on a great yeah. face. Oh yeah, I loved him as a heel though too. Like I liked him even then. So, um, all right. So yeah, th those that was kind of easy picking for us. Um, so then we got Kofi Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. As much as I like Kofi, 
I like Samoa Joe more. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for Samoa Joe to win this one. Joe's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, if Kofi wins, then maybe he'll give a chance for Brock to come out and cash in, maybe, if Kofi wins. but uh, And then they could have a, a Samoa Joe-Brock rematch. But, you know, I kind of... I kinda, I'm hoping some Samoa takes this. Who do you got? I got Kofi Kingston taking the title into SummerSlam, and then whoever Kofi faces at SummerSlam, Kofi will win. Brock cashes in at SummerSlam. Perfect opportunity. There you go on a bigger stage. Then it sounds like for Brock to cash in. Um, uh, the United States Championship, uh, Rocket versus um, Ricochet. A- oh, sorry, Ricochet. Versus uh, AJ Styles. Um, You know, AJ having the Bullet Club back together, I think AJ will win, especially with the club being back together, that he was so popular by himself, you know, before he went heel, and he's going to be just as popular as a heel because of the club. So I don't see his popularity changing at all just with him being a heel now. But I got AJ. I got AJ on this one too. So there you go. Um, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. Um, yeah. I, everybody remembers what happened two weeks on Monday Night Raw when both of them went through, basically went through the bottom of the Titantron, you know, through the LED lights back behind the stage. Oof. Yeah. I'm going to go with, with Braun on, on this one, though. Kind of like a little... Uh, redemption after getting injured after that what had happened. So I got Braun Strowman. Bobby Lashley's going to catch these hands. I'm going with Braun. <laughs> nice. Um, so next one, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey in a handicap match against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, I don't like Bailey as a champ. I don't think she's ever been good at, you know, on the mic or anything like that. She's just too, like, oh, happy, go lucky. Like, I feel like she should be on, like, an episode of Teletubbies or something like that. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I I really hope she loses. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to set something up with Alexa and Nikki, with them being friends. But, you know, maybe Alexa gets mad if they lose tonight and, you know, beats up on Nikki. I, I don't know. But um, two-on-one handicap match is kind of hard, hard odds. Who do you got? Uh... Bailey loses Alexa Bliss with a pinfall. Oh, there you go. Nice. Um, I think, yeah, I think Nikki will take like a blow for Alexa, like the finishing blow. And then Alexa will like sneak in and kind of steal it type of thing, you know? Um, all right. The raw tag team championship, the revival versus the Usos. They're putting so much on the Revival right now with them being the tag team champs right now. And the Usos haven't really been a top card, haven't really been a top tag team for some time now, ever since they lost the titles. So, ooh, the lights went out. Here he comes. But um, I'm going to go with the Revival. Alrighty. Um, Yeah, I think the Revival kind of keep going with what they're doing. So I would go with the Revival as well. Um. And then SmackDown Tag Team Championship, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus The New Day and also Heavy Machinery. Um, I don't know. I could see The New Day maybe taking this with, you know, Kofi doing so well and they could all have the titles, you know, have all the, the, the gold, you know, wrapped around their waist. So I might go. And The New Day haven't won in a while, so I might, I might go with them. With the rumors circulating around right now about the New Day getting broken up, I've been hearing rumors. Somebody's about to turn heel. I don't know who it is. More than likely, it'll be Big E, because I can't see Xavier Woods as a uh, as a heel-type kind of guy. Um, going to have to uh, stick with Daniel Bryan and Rowan as your champs. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't think heavy machinery with them just coming in as new guys will be able to take it just yet. They got to put in a little bit more time. Um, So two matches uh, left. So Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Alistair Black. 
I mean, I, I don't know why Cesaro was added, what is even going up against Aleister Black. They're pushing Black real hard, too. So, yeah. I could see Cesaro winning because Aleister Black gets attacked by um, Bray Wyatt. So I see Bray Wyatt making a comeback, his official comeback, as they've shown all those videos of him tonight, and then they set up Aleister Black versus him at SummerSlam. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's been a while since we've seen Bray Wyatt. Get rid of that Funhouse crap. It's time to bring back. It's that time to bring. Creepy. He's no. gonna. He's gonna do. He's still doing that. It's not like they're gonna change his character. They're still gonna have the Funhouse stuff. So it it is it is creepy. But I, I, it's still going to be the same. Uh, and then the last one that we'll talk about before we wrap things up, Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Kevin Owens making a big face turn uh, since his small face turn you know, when he joined the New Day and stuff like that. Um, I see him taking out Dolph. Yeah, Dolph, unfortunately, has not been getting the uh, upper hand on anything. <laughs> and I feel bad because he's he's a he's a good guy on the mic. He's a good wrestler in the ring. Like I feel like they should give him an opportunity, but they never have. And uh, I feel like uh, KO will take this one, you know, kind of pushing him more as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, with KO. So, all right. Well, that does it for Extreme Rules and our predictions. Um Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the, the episode. We're going to have a, another episode on the weekend again, uh, just because we'll be busy this Thursday. So we'll do another episode on uh, Saturday, hopefully, or Sunday again, maybe, depending on what happens. So um, we'll see uh, what we do or what goes down. So uh, last time when we tried to, to do this, you, you weren't paying attention. You need to pay attention. You're a co-host. Your only job is to sit there and look pretty and pay attention. So you need you need to work on that. So, um, but yeah. So we we appreciate all the listens. We appreciate the video or not the video, but the voice message that we received. So that way, um, we were able to play RJ's. We need more people to chime in and leave messages like that. It makes it a lot of fun. Makes the podcast a lot of fun. Um, we appreciate the comments from Matt Klein and Joey and uh, all the people that participate. Go to our Facebook page at Sports Harder Podcast. Um, go to um, go to uh, our. Um, Instagram as well. The mascot is letting us know that there's people outside. Um, go to our Instagram page, uh, Sports Harder Podcast with uh, underscores in between. Go to our Twitter and follow us uh, at Sports Harder P, uh, capital S and capital P. Um, and then, of course, we, we like the listens. You know, catch us out on Anchor, uh, Spotify. Um, you know, all the major podcast uh, places, Apple Podcasts, we appreciate the listens. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, get more people to listen. You know, family, friends, anyone you know, neighbors, anybody that likes sports, just let them know that you listen to us, you like it, and, that, you know, you want them to get in on it as well. Um, so until next time, we will catch you guys on the flip side.